What do you think, Jared? You like this one? I like this one. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make you feel good? Yeah, this is going to be you uh, next Friday. Next Friday? It's going to be me next Tuesday. Yeah, but you're going to be in, the, in downtown Chapel Hill, so you won't be quite listening to this GM until about Thursday afternoon. No, I don't think so. Vacation for me starts 24 hours before my flight. There you go. So it's gonna it's it's happening quick. Okay. Um, here you go. Here here's a punchline for you. You ready? Yeah. I'm ready. You like that? Yep. I'm neutral on this song, but I played it for you because it's been a minute since you've been on. It has. It has. <laughs> you missed me, didn't you? I, I did miss you. Thank God I'm back for this show's sake. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm screaming at the freaking radio when I'm listening. Hey, as long as you keep downloading, I don't care what you do in your car. <laughs> <clears throat> keep the numbers up, dude. Um, all right. Here we are. We are... Uh, it's. I, I played that also because... Well, it's not quite 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock Eastern, 510 Eastern. 410 Central. We are at the illustrious Amsterdam Tavern. Your spot. It's our spot, yeah, not my is. spot. Yeah, but it's your spot first. I've, I've helped pay for a portion of their mortgage for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. probably at least the power. You helped bill. develop it, I think, actually. Developed. I did. Yeah. I, I put the pouches on and made it pretty. So when you do come to Amsterdam Tavern, if you notice the uh, front wall and the beautiful Chelsea blue, that would be... Yours truly. That was my fault. They didn't know. They walked in. They're like, what the fuck is that blue color? Because they're all Tottenham and Liverpool fans. Yeah. Except for Matt. I'm like, it's Chelsea. Yeah. It's been here ever since. It has. <laughs> but if you notice the beer garden, you know, you see what color that's painted? Yeah, I What's did notice the beer garden. Red and black. Yep. Whatever. All right. So we're back. Uh, really appreciate the support, guys. Um, you know, the numbers keep going up. Thank you to everyone listening. Uh, sharing, commenting. Uh, our friends over at Pinnacle Loans, uh, their gracious gift of four tickets for the 820 game, uh, Austin versus City SC. We're getting quite a few emails coming in already. Uh, yeah. A lot of them giving us like dissertations on their favorite episodes, which is super cool. Did you call <clears throat> or text um, Every person that you know in Granite City and say send an email. No, they're are, just that loyal. Oh, they are. They yeah. You, I have not noticed. I have <laughs> noticed not a single email from Wentzville. Well, you, there's one on there. No, is that, is that due to the lack of internet? No, west there, of the there, Missouri. There, there or is, what is one that? Wentzville email, um, and it's from a good friend of mine who talked talked. Um, I think his last line in it was. Uh, uh, don't tell Jared, but I'm a fan of the show. <laughs> All right. Well, if you uh, if you get a chance, shoot us an email. SoccerDadPod at GaslightSTL.com. Tell us what your favorite episode is. You will be entered into the pool, the ch to a chance to win those four tickets. That game, um, for the people that you know want free tickets uh, in the very good spot of the stadium, really appetizing. Um Coincidentally, that'll be a great game that they gave, that they came off of because Austin's style is fast and furious, and um, our style's matching up. That'll be a very highly entertaining uh, game to view live. You think Kip makes it back? I don't know. No. I mean, I think that back pass in um, game one, hard to come back from. I wouldn't throw the book at him, but I, I, he, he has he had a shot yet? I don't know. I know he's been playing on the two team a lot, yeah. so yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, I think he's captain in that side too. 
He is. Yeah. I mean, he's getting the minutes. Yep. Uh, also, want to thank Crescent Plumbing Supply. Uh, they've recently decided to support the show as well. They're, you know, we're having a blast messing with them. Um, I don't know. Did you catch the new ad talking? I did. You did. I yeah. did. I t- yeah, it was have, you, have you ever done a renovation like that? No, I've always bought new. Yeah. Yep. Oh well, you're privileged. Yeah. It's that Wentzville privilege. <laughs> no, I got a high maintenance wife that can't deal with anybody <laughs> else's shit. So we're we're new. All and, right. and I'm not very good at anything. So if if it's broke, we just throw it away and buy another. One. Okay, well, when it comes to plumbing supplies, who are you going to call now, man? Crescent. There you go. See? Yep. So easy. Um, pinnacle points of the day. Let's get right to it. Uh, you've had time to think about it, and we've actually been given the points on your behalf. So given that fact, I'll let you take the runway. What's, uh, what's bugging you today, Jared? Or what's l- loving in your gut? Which well, is it? it's not bugging me. Um, I, I, I'm going to go back. Um, it, it's kind of a two-part point um, to me. We played well. Zach mentioned it in the show against LAFC. We played well for 60 minutes. Uh, the thing that was glaring to me, especially when we made the subs, is we got slow. And my pinnacle point of the day one is, is you know who's throwing out the first pitch to the Cardinal game today? Oh, it's uh, Haircut Boy. It's Haircut Boy. It's Tim Parker. That's He's right. throwing out the first pitch. Which, you know, multiple reactions about that. First off, we missed him in Thursday or Wednesday night's game. Without question, we missed him in the middle of the back. Um, Secondly, I just love that, you know, our guys on this team in our town are getting the love and and, and, and they're out in Bush Stadium throwing out first pitch. That's great. I mean, to me, that is is, um, St. Louis City's here and they're over across town at the marquee number one show in town. And who do we got? Our center back all-star throwing out the first pitch tonight. Pretty cool. I like it. It's an expansion of the St. Louis love, right? Uh, here's here's my first point of the day. Um, I texted you yesterday all over social media. It's absolutely blowing <laughs> up the messy jersey issue at City Park in the supporters section. Um, I got a thousand mixed feelings about that, but I cannot believe how militant people are being over this one. Long story short... The release was that you are not allowed in that section to wear a messy jersey, whether it's Miami, Argentina, Barcelona, young PSG, boys or whoever. Young Boys, yeah. all the way back to his like childhood club. Yes. Uh, and if you do so, you will be escorted out. So I asked a few questions on socials because that's what it's there for, right? Yes. Uh, who's going to be doing the escorting? No answers. Um, at what age group? What if what if a ten year old kid's there with his parents and he cries and insists on wearing a Argentine Argentina jersey? By the way, they just won the World Cup, so <clears throat> yeah, they're I mean, not bad. Probably a few jerseys yeah. circulating. Yeah, he's not bad, right? Um, I I find it a touch ridiculous, and I um, I get on the, the organization's I get, fault. I just this this tra- quote tradition within supporters groups that oh you know you're, you're exclusive to a kit. Whatever, make it an environment that is so balls to the wall. Make it so that if somebody does wear an opposing kit, get shouted down. Hate your evening, right? Make that person's <laughs> evening suck so bad that it'll never happen again. Let it self-regulate. I'm down with that. I don't care. I mean, I, I, I mean, like, you know what? You know what that is to me. <clears throat> What? It, it, it's a long-winded kind of okay. We're full, and that stadium's twenty-two-five religiously. 
And as soon as that stadium becomes unfull, then nobody cares what you wear. So, you know, this press or negative press or this back and forth, it's probably a good thing because yeah. we're talking about it. Well, not anymore. You got, you, got a, you got a third point of the day for me? It's hot in here. My <laughs> pinnacle point three is this, did, sell, did Stelzer pay the fucking bill? <laughs> I don't know. I'll be sure to clip that out and send it to him and ask him. <laughs> beers are cold. They are cold. Uh, speaking of beers, I uh, might as well throw out another thank you right now. We've got a bucket full of, actually in a bucket labeled Urban Chestnut, we've got a bucket full of 12 ounces Wickles. Um, if you've listened to the show, you know we are big fans of Urban Chestnut. I thought on a Friday a bucket of 12-ounce lagers was a good idea. You yeah, happy with that? You can't go bad. The, the shine and the boys over there, they got it cooking. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I, oh, yo, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to talk about the last episode. Last episode we dropped was our friend Ren, uh, Ren Herzog from over at Lufus Academy, Lufus Soccer Club. Um, if you recall two episodes back, we had Dave Ehrenberg. Uh, Who? Dave from Ledoux High. Um, I didn't hear that one. You, you listened to it 37 times and texted me every time that you were losing your mind. Yes, I did. I did. I, uh, All right. I was screaming. So I'm going to recap real quick. Last that Dave's episode was high school versus academy. He's a high school coach. He was clearly pro-high school. Not necessarily anti-academy, but anti-expansion of academies beyond the quote 1%. I heard it 37 times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Moving on. Ren's episode was an explanation of the process and their strategy and their game plan and how they plan on working within MLS Next and their goal. Full disclaimer, Ren Herzog is one of my favorite people of all time in St. Louis soccer. Um, he, um, Coincidentally, he is my kid's favorite coach that he's ever had. Um, so Ren's my guy. I was, I'm about halfway through it. I am interested to continue to listen to it because I am at the point when you're having Ren describe it. And his it is interesting compared to all the other coaches and people that we've had. Most of the other people that we've had on the show, they've been definitive and they have outlined what their definition of it is. Yeah. And Ren is... He was Switzerland. He, he kind of is, but I think he's like understanding that at the young ages there's different there's different ways to explain it and I'm sure. interested to hear what he says moving forward because I speak, I'll speak for my kid I mean at when 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 he had Ren I, I you know I, I don't know that Ren could say he has it maybe he could I don't know never had a conversation with him about it I don't know you got to finish it yep take a listen then you'll know mm-hmm. um <clears throat> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, ice up our cold ones here. Uh, We are then going to roll in our two guests today. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about um, indoor soccer, outdoor soccer, 11v11, 7v7, Northeast versus Midwest, and probably a lot of other nonsense well beyond that. You down with that? I like these jerseys these guys are wearing. Do they have any extras? I don't know. We could ask. We're asking right now, and they're shaking their head no. So, <laughs> well, usually after the game, don't you switch jerseys? So, okay. Yeah, anybody want a City SC T-shirt? <laughs> All right, guys, 
We're going to roll out here for a second. We're going to be right back. Uh, thanks to the Pinnacle Loan Boys for all the support. Uh, Crescent Supply, thank you as well. Jared, see you in a second. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Winslow. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20 and 0 as freshmen? Really? And we're back. Jared, thank you so much for the round of shots. And paying the tab today. Zach, I don't have my card. Zach paid yesterday, so... They uh, currently do not keep, have my card. Keep paying it forward. <laughs> Where's Zach at? Uh, he has... His wife is out of town, flying back in. So he's got the littles running them around a little bit. Uh, I thought we were getting the band back together, but I guess I was wrong. No, I think Monday. <clears throat> okay. I think we're going to get it back together Monday. And then after the vacation, we're going to get it together often. Yes. Yeah, just just wait, people. I, if, if we could share our calendar of upcoming guests as well, it'd be, it'd be, I'm impressed. I am. Yeah. What do you think? Do uh, you like yeah. I, um, I, I, there's some... Um, At some point, we're going to totally fuck it up. There are some check marks there that I, I can't... I'm, I'm excited about. Yeah. So, a little U.S. soccer legend. We've got a steamers legend. Uh, a couple uh, NCAA coaches coming on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But today, we're going to double the fun because we got two guests today. Dose. Dose. <laughs> Due. Right? Uh, they look super excited because they've been sitting here listening to us talk for the last 15 minutes and like, <clears throat> turds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it in their face. Like, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> Uh, without further ado, I'm just going to roll you guys in. We got Marcel and Will from the St. Louis Ambush and the TST championship winning team of the whole million dollars. Newtown, correct? That's right. Town of Newtown. Newtown Pride. Newtown, Newtown Pride. Pride. Guys, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. We're going to yeah. get them a couple Thank more you. shots here, and then we're going to go play them on Stelzer's uh, back uh, turf 2v2. 2v2? Yep. For their share of the million? Yep. Ah, that right. works for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> look at these guys. Look how fat those dudes are. <laughs> we're in. Well, the, w again, thank you for joining us, man. I know I know, we were kind of kicking it around for a while. Um, just kind of lay a little bit of the background. Uh, we were introduced uh, via text uh, through mutual friend Jason Glover uh, over at St. Louis Steamers, correct? That's right. Yeah, you guys. Uh, so you, you guys help over there. In, in addition to obviously playing for the ambush and all these other endeavors that you're you're involved in, uh, you're, you also teach the future Marcells and Wills of the world over in uh, Columbia with Jason and those guys. How is that? What is that fun? Is it a challenge or is it like that's your free time? 
Yeah, well, I can say a couple of things about that. One, uh, when I came out to St. Louis two years ago and met Jason, he's just the man. And so for pro guys coming into town, there's a lot of options as far as youth soccer go and getting involved because uh, we're pros, but we have a long off season, And so you got to get involved in something. And uh, Jason's the man, and I think he has a good approach and philosophy on the youth part of the game which in St. Louis is crazy. The youth soccer here, I, I mean, there's big youth soccer on the East Coast, and we played it, and we're part of it, but it's a whole different beast here. It's, yeah. it's in communities. It's like you meet any random person here, and they know who Scott Gallagher is. It doesn't matter if they play soccer or not, or they know the club. Well, it's, it's kind of like the 1B question in St. Louis. The 1A is obviously... Where'd you go to high school? Thank you. There you go, boys. And then Dominic. And then, yeah. Not Granite City. Oh, no. No, no. (laughs) Go ahead. Proud GC here. Uh, And then the 1B question is, you know, who's your club? Yeah. And it doesn't mean England. It means, you know, where do you play here locally? Uh, You know, you guys are both from the East Coast. Uh, Will, where where, where again are you from exactly? Uh, So Frederick, Maryland, it's uh, if you draw a triangle between Baltimore and D.C., yeah. Frederick's about 45 minutes from both yeah, uh, in well, Western we, Maryland. We were just there for the Flux event. Yeah, that's It's correct. right there, Gaithersburg area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. And then, Marcel, where would you grow up, man? I am from Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, probably two hours south of D.C. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so obviously being uh, involved with uh, Jason's club and then, you know, you've heard the stories or you've seen the environments at Gallagher, at Fuse, at Rush, et cetera. You know, t- tell us a little bit about what exactly you're seeing in a kind of a, a compare contrast. Because the East Coast, you know, the Atlantic Coast, all the way up through the Northeast, is also historically known for developing a lot of players. I mean, hell, that's ACC country, right? Uh, but we know here in St. Louis, and you guys are now figuring it out here after a couple of years here, it's pretty special here. So, in your opinion, you know, give us kind of like your take on what you see here from the youth standpoint compared to, you know, where you guys grew up and uh, pros, cons, advantages, disadvantages. Yeah, well, one, one, I mean, the key point for me in terms of like how I was selecting where I was going to be involved with is um, there's, there's some commodification going on in that some of the clubs are just insane money makers. And so being players, and Marcel might agree with me or not, but my passion isn't coaching yet. I I enjoy having an impact on a young kid's life and and showing him things just from experience. But things that rub me the wrong way as well are you can show up to the club and go, okay, they're trying to absorb as much money as they can from as many people as they can all at once. That's a volume thing, yeah. And uh, so that that was what kind of landed me on with the steamers. But then in terms of just the level of the kids and – and how the the amount of good players that are coming through i mean it's it's incredible i just took a 2010 futsal team to nationals and these are all primarily gallagher uh, players was, was that you with otto yep you, okay yeah mm-hmm. so otto and i have a uh, otto yahich and i have a futsal club out here uh but those 2010 guys are all gallagher boys probably soon to be uh city players <coughs> next year or two and they're just well that was with uh stephen forrestal and yep uh uh oh my god Junt and uh, no, the Junt's nines. Um, no, I think there were nines on there too. You guys had O nines on there, didn't you? No, just tens. Although there's an O nine team in there with uh, coached by 
Jeff Locker, the ambush coach. Uh, yeah, His yeah. son that's, that's had a team, team there as well. <clears throat> yeah. uh, the younger Forstall was on our group, but he couldn't make it to the tournament. Um, yeah. uh, because he's on the ECNL team that would have played today, I believe. I think that's correct. They had some the ECNL Nationals had a conflict with us. I yeah. tell you what, those that, that top group and that nines and, 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 and that top group and that tens, th those are some special kids. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, their future... Uh, assuming stars align and they continue to keep their heads down and do the right things and make good decisions, they, they th that group could have a lot of success. Yeah, and that was sort of my only point in bringing up our, our futsal group is we didn't have a lot of time to train in futsal. Yeah. So we were just relying on these kids' individual talent, and they're, they're beasts. We yeah. lost to a futsal team, but they're some of the best kids in the whole country at that age. Who, wow. who typically play futsal year-round. Yeah. The, oh, the teams yeah, you were yeah. playing. Yeah. Whereas Absolutely. the kids you were coaching are... Sure, we're going to do that too, because they're primarily 11, 11 v 11 players. Yeah, that's right. We get a few months with them. And the, these guys like it in that they've been doing it for a couple of years. But, I mean, every game I would tell them, hey, we're relying on you guys' individual talents. We're going to play good defense and let you get in good 1v1 spots. Sure. And those kids are they're phenomenal. Yeah. So let's, let's go back a little bit in time, kind of set the stage. A uh, little bit of your guys' background and pathways. Uh, off the mic, you mentioned uh, that the two of you roomed in college. Uh, we just talked about where you guys came from. Uh, what what did your college path look like? You know, what clubs did you guys play for as teenagers through the high school years? And right in line with the recent topics on this show, really curious, did you play just academy or did you play high school as well? Yeah, and where did you... Yeah, and let people know, you know, where you went to school and about yeah, rooming together. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let you... Talk first, Marcel. But you're gonna find a unique pair in the two of us. Yeah, that we I, never played academy. Yeah, go both ahead. of us actually grew up in probably smaller communities. Just went to smaller clubs. I played for uh, Saka, Saka Elite up in uh, Charlottesville. Uh, just a smaller club. Played in the CCL, VCCL uh, in Virginia. Um, played there my whole career from I don't know eight years old all the way up till 17, 18 when I went to William and Mary. Um, then I met him. I actually met playing ODP together. Yeah. Um, so our club, I mean, you had mentioned to me earlier, you played ODP growing up. ODP, about when we were in high school, made that transition from the DAs started showing up and players started being not allowed to play ODP and it was DA only. So right. when we started ODP, it was the top guys mm -hmm. everywhere playing. In, in ODP. Yeah. yeah, that was right. how you got to the national team. You went state team, regional team, national team. And, and then ODP allowed for high school participation because well, of the scheduling, correct? They, they yeah. used to, but I think it was probably my junior or senior year when they stopped allowing kids to do that, and a lot of kids kind of left. Okay. Um, the what, what's, the, what's the year? Is that like 2009 to 2010? Yeah, what, what I guess years? it's hard to put a date on it because it started and then was a gradual thing. So like about I was a freshman in high school, which is 2010. Okay. I think that stuff started showing God, up. Doesn't that depress you? Like total <laughs> side note. I mean, you guys are puppies, man. When we take these guys two on two, it won't be that depressing. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got the weight advantage. <laughs> so okay, so we're we're playing ODP. We're playing local clubs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's maybe talk about specifically like that senior year into freshman year of college. What did that experience look like for you, Will? First, being the older gentleman here. Uh, you know, were you playing high school? Was it just club? Uh, and then how and when did William and Mary come knocking? Yeah, so uh, I was club ODP in high school. It was pretty manageable to do all three of those. Most 
players at a high caliber were doing that. Out the East, DAs. is the high school season a spring season for men's soccer, or is it a fall season? So we might differ. In Maryland, it's the fall, I think. Yeah, for Virginia, it's the spring. Okay, Virginia, so two, two, two opposites there. Okay. Yeah. Good enough. Um, so high school in the fall, club in the spring, and then ODP kind of like is sprinkled around. Some of those bigger events just show up uh, around the year. Um, but most most guys that are good, work, you know, you're committing like early into your junior year right. of high school. Um, and so I knew I was going to William Mary early. For me as well, uh, my my brother was already there at school, my older brother. Uh, so you had a legacy path. And yeah, and both my parents went there and uh, actually both my grandparents went there. Oh my God, is there, Holy a, shit. Is there a wall there in your family name or there, something? There should or, be. Or uh, bricks in the sidewall, well, Let me ask you like this, that. I know you can play clearly <clears throat> because of your pedigree here, but could you have went there even if you sucked? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, bit, well, I'd like to see that say there's some integrity within the group there, but they probably would have got me on the roster. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that lower two percent of the endowment. That was your intro. Yeah. I, okay, I got it. Um, yeah, actually, I was. I think I was the first third generation athlete at that school. Wow. Just like my grandfather was basketball, and then my dad was soccer, and I I was soccer. Oh, your dad um, played as well, huh? Mm-hmm. Was it was he just collegiate or did he go beyond that? So he um, played um yeah, the I mean the pro scene when he graduated was uh a little complex I think in terms of I, I don't know if the NASL or, or or the MLS or what what was going on there in the transition period when he was graduating college, but he would have been How old is he? Yeah, when did he graduate college? Fifty MLS didn't four. exist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it would have been fifty-four. So he graduated thirty-three years ago. That's nineteen ninety. So from before the MLS, after the NASL. So he fit into that window in his pro career, uh, potential pro career, where a lot of guys we've had on the show, where it was really the indoor soccer league. Yeah, and he played, there's a team called the Arizona Sand Sharks, maybe? I'm not sure if that's right. And that might have been like a second tier in this indoor space. Yeah, kind of like mean, a they, USL. Yeah, there was a road time. dog league. Yeah, uh, We've had a few people talk about that. Okay, so anyway, bottom line is all of your family went there, and it was a no-brainer. And uh, you get in there freshman year, you play then, and then let's, let's switch over to you, Marcel. Uh, what's your path in? Did you have seven generations as well? Lining? No, I did not. <laughs> I mean, very similar to, similar to Will, though. I played club, high school, ODP. Um, I just played that my whole high school career. I actually won a high school championship. I guess you won a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won a high school championship my freshman year. Um, lost in the finals my junior year. I mean, did well in club. Always won sta- a couple state cups, a couple three or four state cups. Marcel um, doesn't always advertise himself, but he was also Virginia Gatorade Player of the Year. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't for high that. schools out there. Oh, yeah, I so about he was. That. What's Gatorade? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. drink Prime now. <laughs> no. No. no, we drink beer. All sports. Hence mm-hmm. the figure. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah. so White. So you're a Virginia Player of the Year. You're mm-hmm. in ACC country. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- how did William and Mary end up top of the list? Uh, well, my choices were pretty much all Virginia schools. It was VCU, UVA. Tech, and then William and Mary, and I just went on a visit with the guys. I think we had seven guys in our class. It was a pretty big class, and I went on a visit with six of them. Just loved the chemistry. I knew the team, that class especially, was going to be is, a really good class. Is and chemistry code for strip club? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in Williamsburg. I don't no, think there's no, any <laughs> It's amazing when, uh, when you speak of that, Marcel. When you go on that recruiting trip, um, if, if I could be a 
um, which I never would be, but if I could educate college coaches, um, the, the, the name of the game is if when you have your recruits come in, figure out a way to have every one of those recruits that you truly want same to, time to 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 um, feel at home yeah because sure. like I, I remember for me and we've had multiple people Pat Noonan mm-hmm. you know granted he had some doors open that a lot of other people don't have open but he picked Indiana because he felt most wanted and most at home I and mean that's what you're saying yeah I mean even recruiting and having recruits over younger guys in high school it's just Showing them what there is at William and Mary and what their opportunities are and how much how good the chemistry is and how good the team is and and I mean I love Coach Norris he was one of my favorite coaches you know just yeah. to play with yeah. and play I for. think that's a, a really great point about the feeling at home I think like for me and for my my younger brother ended up going to school there though there's something about the comfort of it especially when you're 17 or 18 yeah people are talking to you like you're a pro or like you have any idea what you're doing <laughs> it's nice to be comfortable when you show up somewhere and you just kind of fall into place there i just remember you know when when the guys were really it felt like they really wanted me to come there and they were already my friends versus mm-hmm. other business you know visits that were yeah, we're doing this, going through the motions. It's like if a college coach could just get his team as much time as they spend together and figure out a way to make these people feel at home the most, they're going to get more guys than not. They just are. Okay. When are you going to write the book? <sighs> <laughs> how, how, so, William Mary, uh, you had a two-year head start. You come in the two-year Just years. a one-year head start. One-year one one year head yep. start. Okay, so... How'd those years go? And let's <clears throat> let's kind of transition into your own professional transition out of out of William and Mary. And next step, what did that look like for you guys? Yeah, my uh, when I was coming in, they were coming off a really good NCAA run. I had an amazing season. I think beat like two or three number ones in the regular season. Then got an at-large bid into the NCAA and I had this great year. And so for schools like you know, non-ACC or, or big-time schools, after you have a really good year, sometimes there's a lull because your older guys are graduating all at once and whatever sure. happens. And so my first two years, we had talent, but we're missing some pieces. And then uh, he his group came in, and he, he talked about his coming, incoming class having really good chemistry. I think there was not eight guys, nine we guys. How many nine came guys. in? We had seven guys. I thought they came in seven. Maybe seven good players, but if you count Maybe some walk-ons, nine, some yeah, walk-ons yeah. and guys walk-ons. like that. But seven guys that, and probably four of them, I think were immediately in like the starting lineup and playing. Wow. So the, his class was really, really uh, talented. And it took him one year as freshman to gain some experience. And then the year sophomore year, we had a really good team, really good run, uh, lost in like our conference finals, maybe should have made, made the NCAAs. And then my senior year, his junior year when those guys were all kind of hitting mature, their... Mature, they were bigger, mm-hmm. stronger, faster. Bigger, stronger, faster. And, <clears throat> and there's something to be said just about learning how to win games. You know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what that Especially quality is. Especially in those is. one-off games in, in, the, in the fall, in the conference, when it gets nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. You might be better than that team in the conference, but it's about closing. It's about winning games in, in college soccer down the stretch. Yeah, and, no, that's and, exactly and, right. And, 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 and it really is. The, the toughest in conference just... It was always just a different game than out of conference. For some reason, you just wanted it more, and I guess the points in conference too was very helpful for sure. Well, yeah, you, you like have that, extended like, rivalries. You've got like personal blood mm-hmm. against, especially when you play a team over and over again over generations, right? That be, it creates that rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, let me ask you guys this, kind of, kind of like piggybacking on to the whole uh, conversation of high school, academy, all this other stuff. What we're really talking about right now is the value or the motivation uh, or the inspiration of competition itself. Uh, you know, in your own experience, was it going through a mix of high school competition where you're playing for state titles, uh, ODP, where that's really player development. Those are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Going into your college experience and what you just stated, um, knowing the landscape now for those U10, U11, U12 kids moving up through the pipe, they're going into academies where, for the most part, player development is 1A, 1B, all the way down, and then roughly around four or five, the the, the uh, winning or trophies or things like that come into play. Do you see that overall as a problem, as a good thing? Is it just different? Um, because we are in a different world in a very short period of time, because you, you guys are really only roughly 10 years removed from you know, what, what I'm talking about now, what's your opinion on, on the landscape? Yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of different ideas about it. One, I think it's difficult to diagnose the problem. I think everyone has a different idea about what the exact issue is. I was just uh, spent four or five days with the now former U.S. futsal national team coach, uh, a guy named Dusan Jakica. He's a Serbian dude and played professionally out there. Can, can you spell that? Uh, no, don't bother. Yeah, I can't. J-A-K-I-C-A. It's not as hard as you think. Um, but his take on it, and, and I think this makes sense to me about the youth landscape. Maybe, I mean, because the following question is, why aren't we developing enough world-class players with 330 million people and, and a lot of soccer and a lot of money going on? Yeah, uh, we just lost to Panama. Yeah, and so people have 40 million. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, Fuck. Uh, Go ahead. And athleticism is <laughs> not our problem. A lot of people say, well, our best, ath best athletes play other sports like well why is our team still the most athletic team you know we have yeah. fine athletes playing um his take on it is actually the the period when you're 17 18 19 till like 23 um and so there's a couple of things going on i think if you look at our national teams at about 16 17 and they, they can go compete with almost any country absolutely yeah and uh so whatever may be wrong with the development till then it's not a huge deal because those guys compete uh i ha kind of have a bad taste about college soccer in terms of developing guys uh i think it can if you want to go pro it can sort of ruin your career uh a couple of reasons one when you come out of college you're 21 22 no big clubs are looking for their new young guy at 21, yeah, 22, post 20. you know, they yeah. want them way before then. So that's one thing. And the NCAA's got it so handcuffed with just how much value you can play. You don't play that much flipping soccer and in college soccer. that's the bigger point. That's right. Three months out of the year, you play competitively. Yeah. You have some good summer teams. You have some good spring seasons. But basically, when you are about to hit the point of which you became who you are, by the time you're 18, your profile as a player <clears throat> is set. You know, you basically who you're going to be. Well, well, let's let's nerd out on this a little bit yeah. because I, we we've had this discussion and debate with uh, really really high level D1 coaches and their role in helping players transition to the MLS draft or beyond or overseas, etc. And I think there's a certain amount of nuance in the age and and that physicality. You know, you talked about uh, Marcel, your your age group. Once you guys hit your junior year. Well, we all kind of know what happened between 
freshman, sophomore, and junior, senior, it is physicality, it's experience, it's tactical awareness, all of those things developed. In the MLS draft, if you really look at it, because we've talked about this. We have. Over the last, I think, five years, the numbers are, and if I recall correctly, roughly 65 to 68% of all those taken were defenders. And of those, over 80% were derived out of the uh, Division One pathway. So in talking to Pat Noonan on the episode we we had with him, he kind of said the same thing. Like, look, I don't care who the next hot thing is on footy access or Insta or whatever at 15 years old or 14 or even 17. Show me these kids from... 18, 19, 20, that can do it for repeated years in a row. And then and then when the, they get the to, body of work, show me the body of work. And then at 2021, show me the body that can actually keep up with a 27 year old, true, full grown professional male. Right. So I think like this, this thing, we, we bundle in tens and nines in the same conversation with fours and twos. And it's really different. The need for, for these professional teams, they do like the next best thing being younger, typically in the front third of the field. We, I know. mean, just from an observation of watching MLS and a lot of college soccer, I think a lot of players, even attacking players, if they're good enough, eventually, I don't know why, but coaches push them farther down the field and they become defenders sometimes. That happened to me yeah. I mean, growing up also. like. Used to play striker, won Gatorade play of the year, scoring 30 goals a game in college. I mean, I played right back. I love it. I love outside back, left and right back. I won rookie of the year playing outside back. But a lot of times, sometimes you don't have, I don't know, maybe players don't develop that skill to really have the potential to be the top level. And I see a lot of MLS clubs go for DA players, players outside of the country, young players that are from South America or Europe and other countries to fill those forward players or attacking spots yeah we had hack and whack on um uh buzz and mark <laughs> the and, and, brothers. and the one point that i really took away from mark is domestically here in our league he was almost offended that historically we have really went to south america and central america to pick our tens and our nines and our dps and, and he wishes that we could just develop those kids in our own country. And I think that, 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 that that's a changing of the guard going on right now. I think by the natural progression of the MLS academies and the homegrown, and even with college soccer, we are going to have more domestic nines and tens and young flank players that, that are going to help yeah. our MLS clubs, I, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah I have a question for you, Will, along the lines of this exact uh, topic. Um, do you think... Uh, the, the mental maturity of a player, uh, when you compare the difference between a true striker, right, a true number nine, uh, versus a center back, right, mentally, do you think there's a certain amount of discipline that more discipline is required maybe in the back line versus the front? And does that add to, you know, when you have younger players that are technically less mature, uh, do you think that is potentially an advantage for offensive players at an earlier age? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, center back, like, one of the most important attributes is uh, percentage of mistakes. Like, the farther back you f- in the field you go, you have to make way less <clears throat> mistakes. Goalkeeper the least, center back the second least, and then maybe that back line. 
uh, and it kind of goes out from there uh, just because when you do make mistakes back there it's exposed it's, it's cost goals and you don't need your center back to uh, play the cutting pass that assists the striker it's not his job and so they're, they're not there to take risk um, so I think maybe you were saying maturity but yeah I think it's the willingness to take risk right and yeah. you know you, young guys take more risk that's just so that's where, just where do you is. play what's your, what's your natural position uh, so in the indoor game which it doesn't necessarily match up I'm a midfielder um, Eleven, what, if it's 11 v 11 where, I was a winger all in college okay. always um, and, and yourself I played outside back in college. Outside back. I mean, growing so, up, I so you went striker from striker to the right back. And played outside back, yeah. Well, I mean, the, we we had on a little while back, uh, Demarcus yeah. Be Beasley. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. he specifically said, he credited his lang uh, longevity of his career on making that switch going yeah. back. I, mean, I agree. To left I, back. Same thing with me, honestly. I mean, I knew just coming in, we had a ten that was coming in. Um, currently, I think he j his team just got moved up to the first team, uh, first division in Sweden or Denmark. In Denmark. His name's uh, Antonio Bustamante. Yeah, he, he was, was a, a Herman Trophy him. guy uh, yep. from William and Mary. Mm -hmm. yep. He was. Yep. I remember him. So me and him were supposed to come in playing ten together. Um, I knew he was good growing up, and and I knew that for me, I always had the physicality and the and the hustle to play defense. So I mean, moving back to outside back was honestly a big help for my career. Honestly, just to be able to show my qualities in other ways just in well think about it like player. this though i mean think about that coach when he had those two tens and to be able to move a capable 10 with your athleticism to the wing mm -hmm. back your guys's team got immediately yeah. better yeah i agree i mean that's also a thing i like to do is just be able to help the team whatever i can do is, so know. so let's bundle this up then um uh, maybe this question to you first will um in regards to maybe advising uh, young players, maybe advanced players, uh, that are kind of moving up into that uh, 13, 14, 15 year age group. How important is it to really, you know, uh, be cognizant of the other positions, really take the time, focus, maybe learning on defensive strategies, etc., versus, you know, trying to pigeonhole yourself, you know, because you know how kids are. Look, I'm a nine, or I'm a six, or, you know, they, they claim a number. Um, how important is it for them to not claim a number and just become a better soccer player? Uh, yeah, well, so I'll, if I, when my kids are growing up, I'm going to make, I would like them to play 7, 11, 10, 9, or maybe one of the more active midfield roles. The, the purpose being, I think those are the mo most difficult spots. Uh, they just are. That's why those guys are the most paid. They're the biggest players and the superstars. It is actually harder to be a good attacking guy and score goals than it is yep. to be a good defender. So when they're growing up, I think you you want them to be fighting for that spot and developing the, the necessary skills to kind of be in that area. Now, you don't really know what position you're going to be best in until you mature physically because there's very kind of common physical characteristics of different positions. If you're slow, sure. you're just not going to be an outside back. So don't play outside back. If you know, if you play outside back your whole life and you end up slow, if you're, slow you're screwed. You're not going to be a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> you have guys like Chavi. You have guys like Chavi who are just magical. You know, yeah. if yeah. you're slow, you have to be in the midfield. Yeah, but I would agree. Just growing up playing an attacking position, I I think really helps your development just technically, and having that technical ability, even if you do move backwards, is only going to help you. It's not going to hurt at all. Yeah. Well, shit, you're coaching futsal. So you, I, I, we, yeah, I we, we could there. even at, we don't even have to ask you the question because if you're on a, in that event as a 2010, if you're on a 4v4 game uh, minus the goalie, you know, heads up, 
positions aside, you got to be accountable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you know, that's why it's such a great game, too, mind you. Which Zach, you know, our counterpart, always, I mean, he loves futsal. Yeah, I mean, speak, speak to that. Just take it a step further uh, from an advice standpoint, because yeah, we we talked to Paolo on his mm-hmm. uh, his episode. He, you know, growing up where he grew up in the nation as a whole, really up until 12, 13, roughly, the only option is futsal. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, being involved with the futsal club and obviously with Jason's club as well, how important is it for you to potentially recommend to parents, to players, hey, find time for futsal, you know, it, you know, is it three months out of the year? Is it six months out of the year? You know, is there a ratio that you would like to see or that you would advise for a young player to try the game? Man, I, I think as much as possible. I think there's a reason there's those countries are the best in the world. I mean, Argentina is the world champion for futsal. Actually, maybe not most recently. Maybe Portugal won it. Uh, but there's an interesting statistic in, in Spain and Portugal. Uh, way back when, they weren't necessarily great uh, countries in the World Cup in terms of, like, their success uh, in 11 and 11 and uh, what they both did is incorporated a huge amount of futsal in their in their youth in, in growing up and it, it's sort of uh, a one-to-one kind of correlation when they instituted futsal and how long it took them to become world-class countries in, in soccer and, and I mean you can try to diagnose a, a lot of different reasons why that's the case but one being if you play 11 11 11 on 11 from, you know, let's say 6 to 18, and I play futsal until I'm 14, I'm probably going to touch the ball four to five times as much as you are when I'm growing up. Oh, 400 to 500 times. You know? Yeah, I mean, you, without question, crazy. And this is no secret. If you can have the if, – if you're playing at the international level or the NCAA level, if you can have the best – 10 players on the field that are better than the other 10 1v1 which is what we're talking about mm-hmm. you're going to win the fucking game mm-hmm. yeah. in your opinion without question <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh, tighter spots I mean most of the important moments in games you know the critical game changing moments happen in sets of 3 or 4 when the center back pings the long ball to get to you know offer an opportunity the, the actual decisions that change the game happen 3v2 on the wing before a cross. They all, all those critical moments happen in smaller numbers and smaller spaces. So these guys become extremely proficient in the critical moments where futsal, if you give the ball up, you get scored on. Yep. So that's the center backs learning. So, so are you saying that those skills were part of the reason why you guys won a million bucks? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, Mars, well, because indoors close to yeah. the game, right? Indoors close. I mean, so that that makes, I mean, that's part of it. I yeah, think. we're going to talk about this. Here's what we're going to do, because we are flat out of a bucket of beer here, and our, our friends are not. There's no table service at this place. <laughs> hey, Lyle, Stells, come on, let's Stels. work on that, all right? <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to fill up. Uh, we'll be right back with Marcel and Will, and uh, catch up with you soon. Thank you. Cool. Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really, as families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink. 
for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So, when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. It's cheaper than a therapist. Hey. Yeah, you like this one? I do. Do? Who is it? I don't know. I just, I know the words. Hold on. Let me listen to it. You want me to give you a little bit more? Yep. I'm playing it because here at the Amsterdam Tavern, Senior Wilhelm, Billy, is behind the bar. And he always plays uh, Sirius XM uh, Tom Petty Radio. So there's your clue. It's Heartbreakers. It is the Heartbreakers. Good catch. Good catch, my friend. What do you think, guys? You guys like Tom Petty? Or do you care? I, I know love him. Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't name a Tom Petty song. You can't? That would be... Uh, no, you know what? I bet you can. Hold what on about the underwear on. song? Here we go. How about That's this That's my favorite one. We're going to test you. You know this one? Marcel wasn't kidding. I've, I've done this to him before. <laughs> Seriously? You don't know this one either? Uh, how about this one? Oh, not that one. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. We're gonna get. We're gonna get this. I can't believe you never heard of Tom. How, Petty, how much man. time we got here? <laughs> we, we got, got all plenty. Time we got plenty. My wife's at Post Malone. <laughs> here you go. How about this one? You know this one? No, that's a no. Maybe. Sounds good. I like. You it. like this one? Hello, ripping. <laughs> Sounds like guitar. a Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> oh my God! I'm getting. All right, Marcel. I don't know if we can hang out anymore, dude. <laughs> all right. We're back. Let's let's get back into the weeds a little bit. Uh, we've been alluding to, uh, joking around about your TST money, and uh, Jared wants to go. Let's see, two v two would be, what would that be? Uh, Fifteen minutes into extra time. By the time you take all the players off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Two v two. Or maybe it's twenty. Twenty yeah, minutes. 20. In. twenty minutes in. That's and right. Roughly, if we pull the two, we're talking about probably one hundred and ten thousand dollars, maybe. I think so. I th- I like our odds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got these. We got Crescent and Pinnacle, and they're kicking in quite a bit of bucks. Maybe they'll float us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we w- maybe next time. Um, so let's talk about that experience. Um, you know, for you listener, uh, these two gentlemen were part of the to- uh, the team Newtown Pride, who were the year one winners of the TST $1 million challenge, um, which was a 7v7 tournament uh, held in Cary, North Carolina, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just rip through some of the team names, just let, you know. Uh, there's Wolverhampton, Wrexham, West Ham. Dortmund. Dortmund. <coughs> Dortmund, some big name, big names with Tel Aviv, like Israel. random name clubs, like Blade and Grass was full of. U.S. national team legends and, mm-hmm. and like Stephen uh, Ireland and guys like Conrad that. and Beasley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Demarcus Beasley's team and uh, Dempsey's team. Uh, oh, uh, Fabregas's team too. Well, that's what. Oh, that's Momo, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a weird name. Did you guys play the girls' team? We, we did not. We did not. We did I'm not. glad you didn't have to could, play the girls. Could have helped our goal differential. <laughs> so you're assuming you would have won, or it could have hurt your goal differential. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on what I saw, I think okay. they ended up minus twenty five or something. Okay. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. Well, biology uh, plays a big role in this sport. So, well, that's that's a small age. field. It's they fast. Were an, they were an old <clears throat> team. Yeah. yeah. 
you know. Be careful, man. Lori might come knocking, and she, she's she got some uh, jacks on her, man. Um, so let's talk a, a few things about that tournament. Number one, how did you get involved? Let's let's start there. You know, how did you land on that particular team? What was the connection, and what was really your decision-making process? How did that play out? Yeah, uh, First off, when they first announced this, it was not something I think anyone was taking seriously. You're like, okay, million dollar tournament. Like, the last thing you want to do as a as a pro guy, especially when you're outside of the MLS, so guys in the USL tier or the indoor spot that we're doing. Sorry. Uh, the last thing you want to do is go play in some stupid game and get injured, and then you don't have the same support network uh, outside of the top tier of soccer. And so when you get injured, it's really on you. Um, yeah. And get so, better or leave. Yeah. Yeah, get healthy or leave. But go ahead. Yeah, and so no one took it seriously. I think it took a long time for people to realize kind of what was happening. And as big names, you know, Dortmund, West Ham, Wolverhampton, started getting announced that they were playing in it, all of a sudden guys go, okay, this is a real deal. This is legit. Let's get involved. And, and uh, our connection with Newtown is through the MASL, the Pro Indoor League. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy who was coaching the team is, is an injured player that plays in the MASL. The reason he didn't play and he was coaching. And he just happens to live in Connecticut and have connections there and, and really good soccer mind and, and kind of a fanatic in terms of watching the game. Yeah. So he had like a list of guys that he was just running through, reaching out to. Took a bit of convincing on my end personally to be like, okay, I'll do it. Just because I was still a little unsure about what it even was, what this TST turned. Yeah, Paulo spoke about that a little bit. He he was like, you know, you get these calls and you're like skeptical to play in the big game, and then you know you win and you don't get paid. And you know that, that is kind of what you're speaking of, yeah. and, and, and clearly go on because uh, this was real. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like is this legit? Is what you're kind of wondering uh, when you're, you know, trying to decide if you're going to take a week and a half off of your life and go out and uh, play in this tournament. Marcel, maybe you can speak about how how you got locked in there. Yeah, did did you guys get the phone call same time, separate phone calls? No, actually, it's funny because he got the call first, and I. I knew about it, I think, before he even knew about it. And when I, because I grew up watching the TBT. Yeah. And so when uh, I heard yeah, about yeah. this was, you know, off branch of the TBT, I was like, oh, of course I want to play in this. I love the TBT. I watched it yeah, TBT's every great. summer growing up. And I was like, I got to be a part of this. And honestly, um, uh, Obasi, our coach, um, he's the one that reached out to me and he asked me to join after asking Will. And I was, yeah, happy to play. So, so when did you guys know Paolo was also in the mix? So I think this might have all gone through me. I think Obasi would ask me, and then I would. So this happens to me a lot about Marcel in particular. We, we didn't quite get to it earlier, but when we graduated school, I was playing professionally. I told my, I was like, you have to get this guy. He's a freak. I have no, and the guys go, okay, okay. And then they see him one time. We go, oh, my God, I can't believe how fast this dude is. So-and-so. And then this Obasi goes, what about Barry? Can he defend 1v1? Not, my response is something like, I've literally never seen somebody get past in a 1v1 ever. Okay. We haven't played 2v2 yet. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we have a camera here, by the way. That's right. You only got to do it once. <laughs> Just film it. One time. <laughs> um, and, and it was a similar scenario for Paulo. He, it, it's weird to me, ha actually, guys, how they decide to identify players. But for some reason, a recommendation means a lot, you know, as opposed to watching someone or anything like that. And he had asked about Paulo, and I'd go, yeah, best goalie in the league. Well, it totally makes sense, though, because we've all played in those environments where we've been super structured, 
you know, 11 v 11 in the college game or an advanced academy or whatever, where it really is about uh, player choice. It's, it's the coach's call. But in an environment like that, it, it's, it's like picking up a bunch of buddies for a 3v3 money tournament or whatever. You're trusting the, the, the relationship or the chemistry because you don't really have time to build a team. You're not, yeah. you're not building a style or, hey, we're going to play high press or whatever. You know, for, so for something like that, it makes sense. And, and I think it sounds like you were the, the conduit. Yeah. And he was looking yeah. you to, hey, bring me yeah, some chemistry. Yeah, bring I, me I talent need- and chemistry. Yeah, you're, that, that, that's well said. I, and, you know, speak to a little bit here because we've given the names. We know the pedigree that was there. Um, some people long in the tooth. I get it as far as, you know, and I think this tournament will have more of a waiting list. It'll become younger. You guys will be back because you guys are champions. How much with getting that group, Paulo spoke on it a little bit. You guys are all indoor guys. It's a tight-knit game. It, it's quick. Um, it's quick touches. It's move the ball. Maybe it's more that futsal direction. Um, you guys go this with all these English clubs. Go there. And, and you guys are a bunch of North American indoor guys, and you win. H- how did it work? I mean, what's the formula? Is it the, the, the indoor fucking help, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is reading just the descriptions of all the teams, our description was low-level indoor soccer team or something like that yeah and so I mean, that so just, did you guys like put that on the yeah, wall yeah i mean was that, that, your, that was just like a that was your belief sign low level like <laughs> i don't know it's just for me it was just another motivation factor just a, a slap in the face yeah for real it who, was, who was who was the one in the locker room or on the sideline that was like the cheerleader who was the one that took boy, that sure guy uh tavoy morgan he's a jamaican guy and uh, if you've ever been around a Jamaican soccer player, they just have an energy about them. Uh, was, was he the one with the really long? Uh, no, good number, guess. Our no. Number nine. He was uh, Tavoy Morgan. Is plays for the San Diego Soccers. Yeah, he's a number nine. Ruggles is who you're thinking. They of. had that good bobsledding team. You remember them? <laughs> that was my favorite movie yeah. of all time. <laughs> Feel the rhythm. I don't know how it didn't win Picture of the Year. You know, I'm John Candy. What, what more do you want? <laughs> anyway, sorry, we again, we get d- distracted pretty easily around here. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Uh, just some fun questions about the whole tournament, the process. Uh, who was the name? Who was the one person for either of you, uh, well, for each of you, actually, that you were like, holy fuck, that is blank. Uh, you know, for example, like some of the names that blew me away watching it, when I saw... F- Cesc Fabregas on the sideline of uh, what was the name of that team? Como. Como. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is he doing there? You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, that dude's a World Cup winner. You know, that's pretty cool. Who was somebody that you were like, oh man, look at look at that dude? I'm curious if we have the same answer. You want to go first? Yeah, mine is Chris Paul for sure. Yeah. Chris Paul, got to be Chris. Who Paul. Who's yours? Mine was Steve Nash. Yeah, that was probably Steve my second Nash one. was really yeah, my Steve Nash is cool. I love that too. Yeah, that was awesome. Could he play? He's good. He actually plays like. Well, so I'll put this out there. You guys can try to guess. Uh, what position do you think a point guard would play in soccer? Holding mid. Yeah, yeah probably yeah. Six. six. That's where he plays. Yeah. Just very responsible, very good passer, always defensively in where he's supposed Did to be. Did you get to play Ocho Cinco? No. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know if you guys know how the setup was with the um, Athletes Village, they called it. It was like 
sort of big shipping containers was your locker room. Then you had like a patio with, you know, the tables and umbrellas and body armor and hydration stuff they yeah. were serving you. But those were all back to back to back. So you see a lot of these guys just roaming around and yeah, milling around. Yeah, Ocho Senko's tent was near ours. And when he came by. Did he, wait, wait, wait. He had a tent. He didn't have a bus? <laughs> yeah, he was just in the locker like, room. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, um, you know, you try to figure out what you're going to say to these guys. A good line if you ever meet someone famous is, uh, what's up, legend? They like that. Uh, so, anyways, he's coming by. He's like, what's you know, up, we legend? We usually say when they sit down with us, we're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, the experience, though, overall, I mean, you, you led with hesitancy uh you know going into the initial ask and the process to the point where you're bringing on teammates uh you get there you go through the the camp the early rounds you you walk through let's let's get to that last day uh you win <clears throat> the first game uh I, I, didn't you play two games no, last? It, the last day was just one game Okay, so two games. So the semi was the day before. Yeah. Yeah. So you wake up that day on the final. Um, You know, where where, where's your head at there? I mean, and we we are going to ask you what percentage was your take. Well, yeah, yeah, we are going to ask that. I I have a like a real soccer question about the thing. You guys are mid low twenties. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you guys are playing. You guys are pros. So I would imagine the fitness side of the game. I wouldn't say it comes easy. You have to work, but you guys are very fit right now in your age. How how tired would you were you going into that into that last to game? The final. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're, a, that's I mean, a lot of soccer. Like, it, it, it is it a lot of soccer? Were you guys just? I mean, sore than like the like preseason camp, or were you guys this? I mean, were you guys biting at the bit when it came to the final? Other than the mentality of it being the final, I mean, were you, were you beat up? I my, mean, my legs were destroyed. Yeah, I would say totally my hamstrings were holding on for a string right there. On yeah. Every really? game going yeah. into the finals, the last three, I would tell the coach, "This could be the one. Hamstring <laughs> might go yeah. this one. I'm not sure." Uh, I think there was a, an acknowledgement that. We knew every team was more tired than us, though, because we had the ball for the whole game, every game, and we subbed subbed indoor style. So we knew we were fresher. So as bad as we were feeling, we're gone. These guys must be torched. There's no way they could. So so that came into it. I know it wasn't cold, clearly, but the fitness side of it, with it being as small side as it was, was real. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. How, How much of advantage was it to have Paolo in back? You know, because I watched a lot of the games. And then whenever it came to the few games I saw you guys on uh, Peacock, um, he played way up. He played really high. That's just Paolo, though. You know, you know it's like, you know, he, he's a sweeper keeper, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that was that a big advantage massive, for you? Massive yeah, advantage. Sure. I would say vital. If you're going to win that tournament, you need someone like Paolo <clears> and goal, <throat> without a doubt. Uh, particularly when you get to target time. When yeah. you get to lower numbers... We're playing five v four, and you're playing four on four. It's almost you know? like a power play in indoor. You know, yeah. you just have that man advantage. It's hard to get the ball from the other team. You well, know? you guys are really that's, that's intriguing. Yeah, I mean, you guys so were super quick. You, you guys were super quick at recovery too. Like you, you had a very kind of a Barcelona style yeah. to a degree. You know, when you did lose the ball, you had two people going at it at all times. And then when you recovered it, you, it's almost as if you went, let's send it back to our quarterback. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it, you rebuild. It, it, it's intriguing that you had mentioned that the coach is a soccer junkie and and was the the guy who got um, 
the guy who got the team together was a it was a, was an MASL guy. Correct. Yeah. So so I mean the validation that he had to feel after that next day. I mean, because, you know, low, quote-unquote, low-level indoor team goes and, and takes it to the, chi- get, yeah, the, the ship. Yeah, the big check. You I, guys should have had them make it out to I mean, think about that. Low-level squad. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> Pay to the order of low-level. What level. validation? Because that brand of soccer really translated well to that competition, if you will. Yeah. I think next year we're going to see a change in the gameplay and the style of play from most of the teams. Because it's not new anymore? Because well, yeah, I, mean, pe- I mean, there's a footprint out there, a blueprint out there I now. I mean, yeah, we play 6v6 and indoor. You just add one more player, play basically the same more, same style we usually play. and then Yeah, I and mean, it was different. one thing to see us win, but the teams that had success, their big guys were indoor players. Like mm-hmm. Sneaky Fox, who we played uh, in the semis, was getting carried by Nick Pereira, who's been a long-time <coughs> yeah. indoor MVP guy. And yeah, he carried them basically too. on a team of like MLS veterans and legends and stuff like that. Uh, so, so when you guys won, was your first call the locker and say we want to raise? <laughs> Check this out, Jeff. You I know, mean, we're 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 knocking it out out here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, we call it the commissioner. Yeah, there, there you go. Did any of you jerks buy anything cool, or did you guys just do the responsible thing? Because yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm a responsible guy, but I did a bit of both. I got a new uh, Mac Studio. Uh, which I've been waiting for a while to upgrade my computer. It felt like the right moment. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I got a drone, so. The drone, though, you're probably like on TikTok, and it's like one of those guys, like the it, it gets to 30 foot, hits a tree, falls, and like, damn, there it goes. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> take care of it. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I mean, is it safe to assume that you guys are planning or hoping to go back next year? Is that kind of in the cards? or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. For sure, they've at least been requesting our presence back with the same group. Yeah. Uh, How do you change when you're the uh, when you're the uh, returning champs? Do you just just roll the chips, or do you get better? Well, there was a bit of drama that went on the day of the finals, and so I don't <laughs> think everyone's going to be back with that team. Well, let's, well, well, can we spill it? Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll see there's if we get only for seven this. people <laughs> listening to this podcast, yeah. so you're fine. Um, yeah. So. Most people want to know how it works to get paid out. Uh, actually, all everyone's check comes straight from TST. About 45 minutes after the game, they give you your check. But there's an, that's a, that's like a concert. Was it's it like the Happy like Gilmore a music check, festival. like a big one that you put in the back of your Chevelle? I mean, or I wish, did, no, was it direct normal size one? Okay. <laughs> um, but the uh, the way it works is the staff has to come out and have a meeting with the teams, both teams in the finals, and talk about what price was negotiated for players and you sign that stuff way before the game starts supposedly because at the basketball tournament they ran into some issues uh which nah. makes sense <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't believe that get out of here <laughs> um and so so suffice to say well let me ask you this were you on the happy side of the coin toss or the sad side of the coin toss when it came to check time i was cool with it did you get a general manager cool fee? Uh, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, no. But I will say, yeah, you I'm, should get a finder's fee. Did you give him twenty percent of your check? I uh, know. I think that's for the owner. Actually, we got to talk about <laughs> uh, that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. That's awesome, um, man. There was a meet, but so we have this meeting about two and a half hours before, through not long before the game, and uh, before that meeting, I would say most guys were pretty unhappy with what you know, in quotes, was negotiated upon, uh, and so. Wait, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that prior to the whole tournament that there wasn't a discussion Correct. had 
Correct. With the so, so everybody's just like, yeah, it sounds like fun. Let's go play for a million dollars. I mean, it's ha, like ha, there's ha. some nonchalant stuff, and then there's you get to the final day. Yeah, exactly. And that's when you start talking about it. And it's not one million divided by fifteen or eighteen or twenty. It, no, it, it, no. It, it's it's one million. Well, no, with the, the whole staff because you have coaching staff, you have investors, you have social media influence. How much did Lux make? Yeah. I, she, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> we should ask her. <laughs> but, I was told today that they are still working on my money and next week I will be getting paid. <laughs> yes. Go. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday <laughs> for a cheeseburger today. Yeah. Conversations were nonchalant in the beginning. You also don't go into it thinking you're going to win. So, you know, like, yeah. You know, may, I mean, you start. We started to have conversations as it was clear we were the favorites. Okay, so ballpark. You have uh, 15, 18 players. rostered players. Yeah, yeah 18, yeah, 18 rostered players. guys. Okay, so let's say 18. Is it safe to say 12? Two thirds of them will be back. I think that's probably right. About right. I think that's probably right. At least invited back. Probably, maybe, yeah, maybe 13 guys invited back. So how popular? Were we, we need to start training. <laughs> oh yeah, we're in, dude. <laughs> uh, how popular are you going to become given those six spots might be open? Do you think your phone might blow up a little bit since now everybody knows you're the uh, ringleader? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> Probably. And I'm going to start charging. There you go. There. You, now, now we're talking. That's, that's, that's an educated response. I like that. Well, let, let's, let's shift into what is arguably your day job. Uh, we haven't talked about that yet. And that is you guys both play for the ambush. Um, you know, Indoor soccer in St. Louis in particular is, it's an institution. It has been, you know, we've been so lucky on the show. We've talked to some of the OGs, right? The the steamers, uh, Petcher, Don Ebert, and all those guys. And, and really now here we are, uh, what is that, 20, 30, almost 40 years later, and he, the newest iteration of indoor soccer is St. Louis Ambush. Uh, Jeff Locker and the whole team there, you guys are playing out at uh, Family Arena. Um, just real simply, Marcel, I'll start with you. How's it going? Are you, are you having fun? How's the team? How are you uh, preparing or you know, looking forward to the fall season? I mean, I'm having a great time, honestly. I mean, the transition from outdoor to indoor has been awesome for me. We both grew up playing for the Heat, or not grew up playing for the Heat, but we played for the Heat for a year, came here to St. Louis, and so far it's been great. Um, the reception from the fans, from the team, just the chemistry here is amazing. Um, hopefully we uh, go far in the playoffs, make the playoffs this year. That's my goal. Um, and, I mean, eventually I want to bring a championship to St. Louis. That would be amazing. What about you, Will? What do you, th what do you think of indoor uh, the, the ambush season coming up in the fall? What's, what's your goals? Yeah, I mean, one, I think the the league seems to be growing. seems like people here have an appetite, not just here, but across the country, have an appetite for just that style of soccer a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. I've My experience here has been amazing. One of the things I tell people about why I like St. Louis, um, it's just a soccer city. And so... Without question. It, it's called the soccer capital there for you go. a reason. There you go. Uh, which which is definitively not Kansas City, by the way. So just just FYI. Were you guys I mean, I'm new, I'm new mm -hmm. to in the Midwest, but I can <laughs> definitely say in my experience, it's not Kansas City. <laughs> Where's the best place... Um, to play at in this league currently, um, other than Jeff Locker's Family Arena. Yeah, but where 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 is where 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 do you guys really put a check mark 
where that place is rocking, you know, what's the best indoor facility you guys go to? Yeah, there's a there's a couple, and it was a bit tongue in cheek with the the family arena, but you know, depending on the game, that is that's one of the most exciting places to be. You know, on on big nights, we're gonna have. 5,000 or so fans in there. And, and the family arena is, is really nice in terms of just the quality of it. Uh, Utica City FC is probably the most notable. They share it with a, a second division hockey team. So very uh, good media and marketing. And I think every time I play there, it's been sold out. And they have a... So a, when you say sold out, what is that? Roughly 10, 10K, 12K? No, they have a smaller one. It's actually modeled after, after uh, Madison Square Garden. Same guy that did that made a smaller version for a hockey, oh, soccer... Nice. In uh, Utica. In Utica. Mich- and Michigan, it, right? Utica is New York. New York. Utica, oh, yeah. New York. Sorry, sorry. That's where Road Trip was filmed. <laughs> you killed a cheetah. <laughs> Again, we get distracted. Sorry. <laughs> so, so when you... Um, how how much fun is it though? Like, because indoor soccer has a certain uh, just a vibe to it. It, it. it always feels like the road dogs. It's the grinders. It's it's going out there, it, you know. Because it's one of those things that Don Evers explained it. You know, Jared, if you recall, he he, he talked about the years in which they were thriving as the steamers, and it was a little bit of like. Uh, you know, mixed feelings emotionally for him because there was a gap at the time outdoor professionally and ASL was dying. MLS didn't exist. You know, and you had all these great players that were out there and they started playing indoor and the environments were just super electric. So for you guys, you know, because outdoor, look, outdoor is great. We're lucky here in St. Louis. City's doing great, right? We're, you know, uh, first, second in the, the West, whatever. Indoor, though, has this, there's a plug to it. Do you feel that difference, that energy, you know, in the in the indoor game when you, when you know, at Family Arena and at these other environments versus a, a more, not, not methodical, but a little bit more spread out, 11 v 11 game? Do you enjoy that more? Yeah, I mean, I think objectively it is more fun. I agree. Part of that is just your individual influence <laughs> on any given game. You're more impactful when the game's 5v5. There's more... More touches, more soccer more touches. It's the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are more involved in the game. You know, in an outdoor game, I think the center back has the most passes on the team, generally. Maybe the center defensive mid. So when you're one of the other guys, you spend a lot of time, you know, running, timing, <laughs> timing <laughs> right. things. Uh, so to play it, it, it's more fun just because your involvement um, in the amount of goals and things like that. But there, there is something to be said about an enclosed space or the packed environment. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes a little bit rougher, I would say, the fans can be. And so you get you get some yeah. things yelled at you. Yeah. It can yeah, be yeah, a bit yeah. unsavory at times. <laughs> well, that is St. Charles. They, <laughs> they tend to be unsavory. <laughs> they, they're, 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 I mean, that's God's country out there. Let me, let, me, let me shuffle this up a little bit because I want to ask both of you guys this question. Um, Will, how long have you lived here? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yourself, Marcel? One and a half. One and a half. So we're so, so you constantly follow him everywhere. You're one year behind him <laughs> hey, everywhere he goes. That's man. good. That's uh, good. I force him to. So you guys <laughs> on the East Coast, very decorated careers. Congratulations, youth up through high school, college, now playing pro ball, TST champs. Um, 
we ask all of our guests. And now Soccer Dad podcast. And now Soccer yeah, Dad podcast. That, list, that yeah. probably is go. somewhere really high up there for you folks. <laughs> um, you just don't know how high yet. Um, <laughs> right behind a million dollars. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe. Just, yeah, one B. Well, I have a drone <laughs> that I'm going to give you, and I'm also, I, I, yeah. So my question is, um, being soccer guys, coming from soccer families, um, being across our country and playing in probably some big-time ACC venues or wherever you guys played at, St. Louis City, we have a brand-new team. You guys have probably been to a game or two, I would imagine, mm-hmm. um, different games here and there. What is your take being blue bloods in soccer, like soccer guys, what is your take about how the organization has done it, how they've rolled it out, that stadium, what does it mean to you guys being transplants here now playing professional soccer? Just give us your 10,000-foot view on what's going on down on market in Clark. I mean, for me, everything they've done so far that I've seen looks amazing based off the, just the stadium, the, the team, the coach, the environment, the, the St. Hooligans, everything that I've seen and been a part of has just been awesome. And I've been in the supporter section multiple times and just got to be in that environment. <laughs> Love it. Will, will, will you wear a messy jersey on Saturday? I will not be. No, <laughs> so, I might be wearing my own jersey, actually. <laughs> Gatorade Player of the Year, 10, highly athletic, a lot of pace, getting up and down the sidelines. Yeah. How much would you have loved to play in that system? Oh, I love it. I just the 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 at the athleticism that you need and the coach wants the team to have. And we the, were kind of talking with style, Will just now, the like the, the, that's the, the, probably my style of play. The eleven v eleven to kind of hide. There ain't much hiding in that. Mm-hmm. So, Will, give us your give us your view. Yeah, I mean, I think the the organization and the environment is top class. We I've been to some MLS, not a ton, but quite a few, and you know, the stadium is sick. Yeah, the fans are diehard. The jerseys are cool. The team is good, you know. Well, do, do you feel like um, now that you've been here for multiple years, um, you're starting to become part of <clears throat> what is a it's a hundred year legacy of soccer history, soccer foundation in St. Louis. I mean, in this bar alone, there's a the picture of the 1950 team that's down the wall here. It's it's autographed by seven individuals that were on the 1950 U.S. team. Those seven that signed it grew up a mile away from nice. here, and they all grew up together. So now you guys are playing for the Ambush, which is a really like a third iteration of what was the Steamers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got you know the banner above your head. That was from my childhood bedroom, autographed by uh, Best Wishes, Wishes Carl Rose. Right? You guys are now part of that conversation. The, you know, being East Coasters that are not St. Louis born and bred individuals, are you starting to feel something in the water here uh, as it pertains to the game, our history, what it really means to the fan base? Really, you know, because we joke about the Cardinals. There's a, you know, Major League Baseball, everybody jokes about the Cardinals like, oh, smartest fans in baseball, blah, 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 mm. right? Soccer is different, though. We take that moniker because we kind of are the smartest fans in mm. soccer, right? Do you guys, are you excited about being part of that? Is there something about living in St. Louis that adds to y- your current career and the things you're doing that, you know, that you didn't realize was going to be a benefit when you came here? Yeah, without a doubt. Actually, on that note, if you go to the History Museum, there's pictures of Marcel and I in that exhibit in there, oh. uh, which was is one of the coolest wait, things wait, that's wait, ever wait, wait, happened wait. to me. How did they get their pictures in there before us? 
I don't know. Well, they must have seen me play. You had one job, dude. <laughs> you had one job. We uh, printed out <laughs> selfies of ourselves and glued them on the ceiling where no one could reach. <laughs> oh, so those irremovable stickers. That was you guys. I know Steve Petra's got a picture up there. <laughs> Deservedly so, but God Not, dang I mean, it, That Steve was a long-winded kind of intro to the question, but I mean, really, my fundamental question is, is, this, is it exciting for you guys to be in this city, being part of the soccer landscape, with everything that's going on, knowing all of the foundation that's been laid before you, that now you're part of that? Does that click at all, or is it just like, look, this is another soccer job? I mean, for me, yeah, it does, just based off hearing other people in St. Louis talk about other people from St. Louis. You guys love to rep St. Louis people, and being a part of it and being, you know, part of this environment and part of St. Louis has just been amazing to see people embrace, I don't know, the team and, and the ambush and being a part of it is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, part of how you might uh, analyze your own career in something is, is how many people you can affect and influence and who have, you know, care about what you're doing. Um, and so being here, it, it, it means a lot. I mean, it's amazing to me the amount of fans and support we get for the indoor game, but just knowing that you're in the pro soccer scene at all even though we're not playing for city people care about you and so it's it, yeah it really uh puts a little more meaning behind being a professional soccer player in a city where that's what everyone cares about so now that you're newlywed to a st louis girl does she remind you of that every single day that now you're a legitimate soccer player because you're you have 314 in your blood no, no, she always believed in me. <laughs> she always gave me legitimacy. <laughs> or she never has. I'm not sure. There's still, the newlywed was key there. <laughs> no, I've, that's, I've made sure to throw that out there. <laughs> All right. All right, gentlemen. Uh, we've taken enough of your time. It's Friday. It's happy hour. Uh, stick around because we'll buy you we'll buy you another round here on the, on the way out the door. Hey, there you go. Really appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. So, um Best of luck with the season upcoming. I'm sure, you know, we're going to be following. We, we follow you guys in everything you do. We'll try and come out to some games, too. Problem is, we got we got kids that are all over the freaking place. So, weekends are tough, but we'll make it happen if that's cool with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for having us. Jared? Yeah, I, I, I mean, a lot of fun, guys. I, I'm, I'm really excited about you guys and your career in, in, in the ambush. And congratulations on the big 7v7 tourney. Uh, thanks for uh, Lux coming out and... Um, and, and good luck to to Locker in the ambush. Um, and, and I'm just really glad for the show that I'm back. I mean, it's I, I've <laughs> missed you, Jared. <laughs> Lux, you got you got anything here? You got any closing statements? What's uh, what's coming up next? Just to come see the St. Louis ambush, and if you're ever if you're a city fan, come see St. Louis City too, because I'm the PA announcer, and, and sometimes these guys are in the audience. I love it when the kids run up to Marcel or some of the other players when they're out there and. Hey man, you're from the ambush because obviously St. Louis is soccer city, so come see. Everybody it. knows. Come see it outdoor with city, and then mm. in the winter indoor with the ambush. It's it's year round now. And I hear months. Lux's dad is uh, pretty active on social media. Yeah, follow him. So follow, <laughs> follow him, him huh? for cheap entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Thanks Pinnacle Loans for supporting Crescent Supply. Love everything you guys do. Jared, always enjoy your company. And again, I appreciate you picking up the tab today. I'm running out. <laughs> <laughs> See you, gentlemen. Have a good one. Yep. Thanks for having me. Are you guys ready? The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, 
the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. <laughs> 